Hey, I just want to say thank you for checking out this message today. I hope that it helps you, that it encourages you, and that you are able to learn a little bit more about who God is and why so many people throughout history have chosen to become followers of Jesus. If you enjoy this message and you want to hear more, you can find us on Facebook or YouTube, but ultimately you can find everything you need to know at clcwinnipeg.ca. There you can find more messages, you can find our social handles, ways to get connected to our church, and if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do that as well. And like I said before, I hope that you are encouraged by the message you're about to hear. God bless you. Hello and welcome to Christian Life Church Online. We're really glad that you joined us today. And we are continuing a series that we've been doing uh, cover to cover as we go through the entire Bible. Well, we've covered off the whole Old Testament. And uh, we're now into the book of Luke in the New Testament. And I want to talk to you today. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff in Luke that we could, you know, pull out and, uh, and talk about. But what I want to talk about today is a message called Choosing Faith. And um, there's this, this story of, that a pastor tells of this little girl that was praying. And she said, Dear God, before I finish, I want you to take care of mommy and take care of daddy. Take care of my sister and my brother. And please, God, take care of yourself. Because if you don't, we're all sunk. Amen. Well, Luke... Uh, the author of this book was a doctor. He was a physician. And his whole mission in life was to take care of people, to take care of others. And it's reflected as you look in the book of Luke. Jesus is portrayed as the king in the book of Matthew. He's portrayed as the servant in the book of Mark. We talked about that last week. But in Luke, he is portrayed as the son of man. That was really Jesus's favorite description of himself. And woven throughout the book of Luke, we find this recurring theme of Jesus caring deeply for people. Now, our, our text this morning is really about Jesus taking care of his disciples in the midst of a storm, and he teaches them this really important lesson on faith. Well, let's read the, the scripture today. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go to the other side of the lake. And so they got into a boat and set out. And as they sailed, he fell asleep. Now, a squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. And the disciples went and woke him up saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. And he got up and he rebuked the, the wind and the raging waters and the storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? Where's my faith? And Jesus was taking time to care for his disciples and to really encourage them to think about their faith. 
But before, before we get into the crux of the message and the message of faith, I want to kind of quickly recap the book of Luke. Luke, as I said a moment ago, is, is a doctor. He was a doctor. He was, he was trained as a physician to, to listen, to, to carefully observe, to, to pay attention to detail and, and to be accurate. And all of that is reflected in his writings as he gives really careful descriptions of the works and the words of Christ and actually includes details that you won't find in the other Gospels of similar accounts or the same accounts of events. Now he wasn't a Jewish person, he was, uh, he was a Gentile. In fact in Colossians chapter 4 verse 14, um, you know, uh, Paul had greeted the, the Jewish brethren and, and then he greeted those who were Gentiles and in Colossians 4.14, Luke is included in that list of people that he was greeting. This book would have been completed somewhere around 60 AD. Second point I want to make is that Luke focused on people. Dr. Luke was interested in, in human beings. He was interested in in the human condition. People, his whole life, his whole career had, had been the focus of his life. He worked with people. He cared for people. He helped people get better. He was interested, obviously, in helping the sick and, and the broken and improving their, their lives. Now, as Luke observes Jesus, he breaks into more detail than the other Gospels, as I said a moment ago. For example, in Matthew and Mark and John, there's this account of a woman who is washing and anointing Jesus' feet. But it's only Luke who points out that she was a sinful woman. And it's really bringing out an important detail because this woman had, had a lifestyle, she had a history, she had a reputation. And Luke didn't want to miss that. He didn't want to gloss over that. And, and in, in not glossing over it or omitting it, omitting it, he's bringing out of Jesus his love and his mercy and his care and his concern for other people. And that he wasn't looking down on her at Jesus' crucifixion. It's only Luke that points out in the... It, in the crucifixion, this conversation that Jesus had with two thieves who were, who were hanging on crosses and crucified alongside of him. It was that conversation where Jesus famously said to, to the one thief who was believing, truly I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Luke chapter 23, verse 43. See, Luke doesn't miss the intimacy and the depth of interactions that Jesus had between people and, and, you know, people that we'd probably say were the least of society. People that other people would maybe look down on. It was kind of like recording what Jesus said to religious leaders and, and miracles he performed and, and ensuring that, you, that he included this conversation he had with this dying thief. Why? Because that person was important to Jesus. 
because their life mattered to Jesus, because Jesus loved them and valued them, because Jesus came to die on the cross for them. Just before I sat down to to have this talk with you today, I just came back from um, doing a funeral service for a young person who committed suicide. Last week, by Tuesday, a local coroner had taken in seven people who had died, all of them under the age of 19. Suicide, drugs. There's several people in the last year that uh, I've done services for high school. I think of a young high school student who committed suicide. I think of young people, young adults who have died from drug overdoses. It's all too common. You know, when, when Lazarus died, Jesus took his time coming to, to where he was. And Mary and Martha were not we're not overly thrilled with the fact that Jesus took so long in coming. And this question gets asked of Jesus, what if? You know, what if you would have come here when Lazarus was just sick? What if you would have picked up the pace and been here? What if you would have been here when, when Lazarus died? And we can spend a lot of time asking questions like, what if? And it's pretty common for us to do that when we lose a loved one. But the question that we probably should ask, when you go through the book of Luke and you see Jesus caring for people, people who were hurting, people that were really down and out, Jesus spent time with them, talked to them, loved them, cared for them. And what an incredible example for us to follow. I got to tell you, when I was coming back from doing this arrangement of this young person who had taken their life, I, I was asking myself the question, what if, what, what if I had met them when they were still alive? What would those conversations be like? What would that interaction be like? What if I met him at a barbecue? Would he know that Jesus loves him and cares for him and that he can have hope? And I think that was something that Jesus really instilled in people is, is hope and value in their lives. They counted. And the next thing I want to really focus on is, is the actual story that um, that I want to kind of emphasize today. And that was this message of, of faith, Jesus focusing on the need of faith. And so here's a story that he goes out in the water with his disciples and a storm comes up and um, they are afraid that they're going to drown. The boat is being swamped and, and Jesus is sleeping through this. He must have had really good sleep patterns it's good sleep habits. He must have been dead tired to sleep through that. 
We place a lot of value in our society on security, on safety, on certainty, and on comfort. You know, there's this certain car out there that I would love to own. My wife and I talked about getting one, and when we've gone out of town, we've, we've rented these cars and driven them around and, and just had so much fun driving them and renting them. And I've always kind of thought it would be fun to own one. But the thing that holds me back from, from doing it is that they have a reputation for being incredibly unreliable. And so I'm holding back. I'm like, I don't think I want to go down that road. I don't want to be spending money on repairs. Well, why is that? Because we want guarantees. We want certainty. We want things in life to work. And oftentimes we're unwilling to take risks and we don't want bad experiences. We don't want to be burned. We really do crave certainty in many ways. Some people do it in their relationships. They, maybe they've been in a bad relationship. They've been hurt. They've been rejected. And so they say, well, you know what? I'm just going to stay single because I've had a bad experience. And Jesus challenges these ideals in his text in the midst of a storm. And we use the phrase storm often, don't we? Well, it's a storm of life, or I, I've, I'm in a stormy relationship, or, you know, this season just seems so stormy. The storms bring a lot of uncertainty and a lot of discomfort. And we have this need for certainty. And our need for certainty oftentimes sabotages our willingness to trust God or to step out in faith. Faith is oftentimes displaced by our need for guaranteed outcomes, for reliable outcomes, for safe outcomes. Sometimes we are afraid of making a decision because we got to get all the facts and that will paralyze us sometimes. The disciples would never have launched out to go out on the lake in a boat if they knew there was a storm coming. They didn't have that fact. Were they wrong in being out there? No. But the fact of the matter is a storm came up and that's what storms do. They come up. They find us. They catch us by surprise sometimes. They interrupt our nice, calm lives. And what happens to us in the midst of a storm is what happened to the disciples. They got afraid. They were being swamped and they were afraid of drowning. Brené Brown, a popular author, says this, Faith is a place of mystery where we find the courage to believe in what we cannot see and the strength to let go of uncertainty. Hebrews 11.1 1 says it this way, Faith is confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. We want answers. We want things to be true. We want things to be solid. We want questions to be answered. We want matters to be settled. We want the I's to be dotted and the T's crossed. 
we long for clarity. We want things to be black and white. So there's no questions. We want that. And then at the same time, we say, well, I'm a person of faith. I've got my dogma. I've got my doctrine. I've got God all figured out. I've got church all figured out. I've got my spiritual life all figured out. I'm a person of faith. I trust God. But real faith exists and arises in the midst of a storm. Real faith shows its head when things are uncertain. You see, faith exists when we don't know if we're going to be swamped. When we don't know if we're going to be healed. If we're taking a chance on a marriage, you know, if you get married, you meet somebody at the altar, <laughs> you don't know. You're making a lifetime commitment. You don't know what 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years looks like. You don't know if your spouse is going to get sick. You don't know if they're going to die. You don't know what having kids is going to be like. You don't know anything about your future. You're stepping out in faith. Sometimes we need to step out in faith to have a friendship. Maybe you've been kind of unlucky with friends. And so you say, well, I'm going to hang back. I'm just going to isolate myself. I'm not going to put myself out there. If we choose to love, if we choose to trust someone, that takes faith. Maybe you want to launch a business. It takes faith. It takes faith to be open and vulnerable in relationships. And Jesus asked his disciples, where's your faith? Guys, you're in a storm. Where's your faith? Where's your faith in me? You see me do all these miracles. You've walked with me. You've listened to me. I'm here in the boat with you. And you're all freaking out. Where's your faith? Where is it? Where's your faith? Where is your faith when you pray for your kid? Who's making some really lousy choices? Where's your faith when you think about your, your future, your retirement, your investments, if you have any, the economy? Is it there if things are going good? What if you lost it all? Would you trust God to look after you? Where's your faith when you deal with your money, when you choose to give to God or hang on to it? Where's your faith? Where is it in the midst of a storm or uncertainty? And I can't think of a more timely message than to be talking about this to you today, right now. Because right now, people are praying for our country all over the place. Canada is uh, making world news. We're going through a hard time. And we pray. And we say, God, we're going through a storm right now. You see the storm we're in. We pray for our nation. We pray for our leaders. We trust you. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to trust you. Can we say, I trust God when, when I don't know the future? I trust God when I don't know the answers. I, I trust God when I don't know outcomes. 
Where's your faith? It really does take faith to trust God. It takes faith to believe in God. It takes faith to accept Christ and, and commit your life to Him. And that's a huge step of faith. It takes faith when you don't know what's next in life. And I commend you, anyone willing to take a risk to trust God. To trust God when I have questions. To trust God though I don't understand God. To trust God even when I see other people who claim to trust God. And man, they've got a lot of flaws. But I'm going to trust God anyway. Even if they're not doing a great job living for Him. I'm going to trust God. So where's your faith today? We're living in a world full of uncertainty. We're living in a world lacking answers. We're living in a world that sometimes feels like it's becoming unraveled. But I want to say to you today that God is faithful. And you can trust God. You can trust Him in the storm. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you today. And we thank you that we can trust you. We can trust you in the storms. We can trust you in the sunshine. We can trust you in the storms. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that... uh, you would touch our nation, that you would touch our leaders, that you would bring calm to our country. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And you might have questions about faith. Maybe you've been grappling with, maybe I should be a follower of Jesus. Maybe you've been putting it off. Maybe you need to make a decision. You know what? Getting started takes a step of faith. And I encourage you to take that step. To say, Jesus, Jesus, I need you. I need you in my life. Forgive my sin. Come into my life. Be my Savior. Hey, thanks for joining us. And we hope to see you next week as we continue on, cover to cover, looking at the book of John next week. God bless you.